Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio, Business Building Warrior. I'm so glad you've chosen to spend a few moments with us today. We've got some pre-recorded content today since it's the weekend update, but it's probably content you haven't heard unless you join us on a regular basis for our live Monday night Q&A sessions with our entire community. Man, some good questions happen when we do that, and we'd love to share the questions and responses with you. That's what we do on our weekend updates. We'd love for you to join us some Monday. It's open to anyone in our community. The best way to hear about these and to get the links you need and participate is to be part of the free Facebook group. There's a link at silentgym.com to that free Facebook group. Jump in there. Most Mondays we go live quite often. It's me. Sometimes it's some other folks on our leadership team answering any e-commerce or Amazon questions. Then we compile the best questions and answers into a weekend update for those who couldn't make it to the live session. So that's what we've got for you today. Hopefully you're enjoying your weekend. Thanks for taking us along. I'll cut right to the chase. Let's jump right into the content. Let's see what the team compiled for us today. Roger's saying, I purchased a lifetime program. Uh, I guess he's talking about proven Amazon course. If that's our only course, that's our flagship course. Found this place where he needs to get a second cash stream going, looking for direction and a starting point. Yeah. Okay. Well, Roger, in inside the Proven Amazon course, we start everybody the same place. If you have trouble logging in because it's been a while, contact our support team. There's a link at silentgym.com to our support. Contact our support team and say, hey, it's been a while since I logged in, having trouble getting access to the content library. The Proven Amazon course is dozens of modules all related to how to use Amazon to generate income all kinds of different ideas for every level from brand new, never sold anything online before to highly advanced strategies for our most advanced students. It's a library of concepts. So what you want to do is get in there and start with replens, which is the low hanging fruit model that we teach to all new sellers. Unless we have a really, really good reason to teach you something else and you're positioned for something else, we're going to teach you the replens model on Amazon, which is basically helping fill the underserved or the underfilled shelf space at Amazon, helping you find and recognize and go get the inventory to meet that unmet need on Amazon. Those low-level skills that you're going to pick up are going to serve you very well no matter what direction you go after that. We have some people that stay right there and build seven-figure businesses with just that new seller model and do great. We have other people that use that foundation to then go off into any number of other branches of possibilities with Amazon. But in all cases, those basic skills are the same. You need to learn how to recognize opportunities on Amazon and learn how to avoid making really bad decisions when selling physical products. Some of the big decisions you could make that steer you into a really bad place very quickly would be trying to launch a new product on Amazon, trying to set up new listings on Amazon, going super deep on a product because you got a good discount on it, buying product from sources that are gonna get you in trouble ultimately and not knowing what you're doing. Right? There's all kinds of ways you can go wrong. So we start you off with those low-level skills that are required that minimize your risk down to the lowest possible level of risk while maximizing your chances of earning while you learn. That's the replens model. That's where we want you to start, Roger. And when you get into the Proven Amazon course, there's a getting started section. You go in there, we're going to teach you those things. Another thing that is worth a mention for sure is the Kickstart program, which is I know you're thinking, oh, great, another program. Well, it's $37 one time, and it gets you attention from one of our coaches in a small group of new sellers. 
so we can help you through any of those startup challenges that you're having. Getting registered, finding your first product, sending it in. What kind of tape do I need? What kind of label do I need, right? So you can go through the course, you can go through the training, you can learn those things, or you can get into a small group of people, pound through those first few hurdles that you're going to encounter as a new seller for $37. If you're interested in finding out more about that, go to silentgym.com slash kickstart. It's only for proven Amazon course students because we're going to focus on the content from the proven Amazon course as we go through. We're going to reference it. That's going to be your guidebook as you go through uh, getting ramped up. Hello, sir. I'm uh, worried about market saturation. Is it still a good time to start selling on Amazon? Great question. I love that question. I'm going to hit it head on. And there certainly are. In my 20 years, I've seen things get saturated for sure. And the opportunity kind of comes and goes. Now, it's changing consistently. But that's been true for my 22 years of e-commerce. There's literally not a single opportunity that's come through a business model that hasn't changed and morphed over time. But saturation, no, not even close. If you understand the big moving parts that are in place, and there's many of them, and I'll address that here in just a couple moments as one of the things I'm going to talk through when I share why I believe right now is one of the best times, if not the best time ever, to get started selling physical products on Amazon. Saturation is not a concern at all. And I'll just say this as a brief point against that. The number of people jumping online and beginning to shop online and consistently shopping online is rocketing up. And we're just still in the infancy stage. Only about 15 to 17% of all retail in the United States is online. That's a government statistic. Go look it up. 15 to 17, maybe 18% at this point is online. Everything else, over 80% of all retail shopping is still traditional brick and mortar stores. Not for long. People are enjoying the internet more. They're using it more. Those Amazon trucks are, the fleet is getting bigger. The number of warehouses is increasing. The future is e-commerce. The future is ordering online and it's in its infancy. So that's just one argument that I have against the saturation argument. Now, it's not an easy business. Uh, and that's actually to our benefit as sellers. There's some challenges. You're going to hit into, you're going to run into some challenges. But what we do is we stay nimble. We don't overcommit. We don't go super deep into any one product. We go where the opportunities are and we stay as long as the opportunity is there. And then we move on as soon as the opportunity starts to dry up. That's the basic skill set we're going to teach you when we start to show you the systems we use here. Hey, thanks for kicking on your cameras, guys. I got several cameras kicking on here. I love seeing those smiling faces. It's always cool to see the thumbs up and the waves. I love it. Hey, Kristen, good to see you, Brian. Always good to see you, my friend. Kelsey, good to see you guys. Thanks for kicking those on. Anyone else that wants to, that's great. If you just want to listen in, you're just as welcome and appreciated as uh, those who aren't cooking or driving right now or just shy. We don't know. We don't care which it is. We're just glad you're here with us. All right. Did that? Did I see Robin Joy popping in here tonight? Yeah. Oh, there you are. Yep. There's Robin Joy. Awesome. Well, I'm going to give her a couple moments here. We were talking about Kickstart just a minute ago. Uh, and Robin Joy is the coaching leader on our team who's heading up that project right now. So it's always good to hear from her for a couple minutes as we as we uh, welcome in, especially the newer sellers. If you want to spend a couple minutes with someone who's built a beautiful business using the stuff we teach, replens, and you want to get into a small group of people who are at the stage you are, brand new, new proven Amazon course students, and spend some sessions together on Zoom like we are right now, interacting, talking through 
building friendships, which was one of the bonuses that we've discovered having done a few dozen of these, these people tend to just kind of stick together. We get you your own Facebook group and you hang out on there and those groups take on a life of their own. And we've seen some great friendships develop out of that. Uh, but Robin Joy, I know you've got limited times most Mondays and uh, I've got quite an agenda stacking up on me, but I would love to hear from you. Thanks for jumping in. I'm going to have you unmute and, and just tell us a little bit about who Robin Joy and Brian are and uh, fill us in. Good to see you, my friend. Hey, it was good to see you too. My ears must have been burning. I, I had a yeah. It's always uh, good. To, it's always good to see you jump on here. I'm never sure if you will, but I'm always like, there she is. Yay! <laughs> I always try to. I have a meeting just before this that usually right. doesn't last long, but sometimes it does. And then I have kickstart meetings after this, so I'm I can spend a few minutes. But I just love to get in this group and see what's going on with the people who are just joining the group, the uh, Facebook group, the community. And seeing what kind of questions you have, seeing how I can help. And that's one of the reasons I really, really enjoy the Kickstart Bootcamp that um, it goes on every month. Uh, it's a four-week program. You have, uh, like Jim said, a Facebook group with just the people who are in the that current Kickstart Bootcamp. So everybody's usually pretty new, so you, you don't have to feel uncomfortable at about asking questions or anything. Um, most of the time, I will be your coach during that time, and I will spend four live sessions with you, one each week for questions and answers um, that we can just, you know, kind of talk the meetings, the meetings about you. But we we just try to get you through that first cycle, get your account opened up, get your Keepa account opened up, teach you how to find a product, just one product for this for this group. Just find one, get it packaged, and make a shipping plan with Amazon, send it into Amazon's FBA program and put it up for sale. Just do that cycle one time and it will take away so much of the anxiety that people have about how this thing works, just the mechanics of it. So we have a good time there. And a lot of people really, really enjoy that. I see a few of you here that have been in that, in that group before. So, you know, it's a got all kinds of great feedback. Yeah. You guys have done such a great job with it. And we hear very positive feedback for the price. It can't be beat. Uh, we just, you know, the reason, and the reason we launched it was because we were getting a lot of people into the proven Amazon course. And it's kind of an isolated journey, especially at the beginning. And you're thinking, man, this, this feels overly complex. We thought, Hey, let's just solve all these. These are all fairly simple questions that we answer all the time. Let's just get people into a group, plow through those first few steps get people confidence, get them that first sale, ideally, right? So they know how the system works and then you're you know, off to the races. So yeah, I love the name Kickstart Bootcamp. And like I said, silentgym.com slash kickstart is the website that has details on how to get into it. And uh, yeah, great to see you, Robin Joy. Excited for some of the projects that you and Brian are working on too right now. Uh, I think we started talking already. I heard on the podcast anyway, you guys dropping hints. So what what is it you guys are working on right now that's uh, that's coming at us? We are working on another one of those um, Path to 100 ASINs workshops where we take you through a three-step check and a four-week test that can get you five figures within six months of your beginning your business. So we are working on the timing of that. We ha had hinted that it would be early in the year, but might be a little later in the year. We are. I just talked to uh, 
someone in the coaching office and he's going to set up a time when we can all kind of sit down and make sure we get the timing right. But right. that's common. And if you go to provenamazoncourse.com slash 100, 100, you can fill out, fill out something there, be notified when we do decide for sure the date and the city, and you can say where you'd like to see one of those workshops being done. But that's with Brian and I and, a, and a, usually a couple of other coaches where we just do it workshop style. We source together. We find products together. We had this in um, Salt Lake City in September, and we had such great feedback. We just amazing. did a Q&A with them um, on Saturday. And yeah, it, virtual Q&A. You're still meeting with yeah. that group and because it becomes kind of like a little community and, you know, about 20 plus people or so hanging out and just going through a real intensive hands-on, you know, I was looking over the shoulder, helping people work, navigate Keepa. We've, we all learned some new things. It was a powerful time. And, and that, that page that you gave proven Amazon course.com slash 100, I put it in the chat. That's just a survey saying, are you interested? You know, what, what city would you like it to be in? It's just a survey. So, uh, but when we do do it, whatever the date is, it's going to be sometime in 2024. That way we kind of know what, when we should do it, what city, who's interested to so, yeah, fill that out. And it's for people who've kind of got their a little bit of momentum already. I don't know if it's someone who's brand new, like don't come there if you've never sold something before on Amazon, it's not for you, but someone who's got a little momentum, maybe you understand replans, the basics, right? Would you say that's accurate, Robin? Yeah, I mean, you can be pretty, you can be pretty new, but I'd say at least go through the Kickstart Bootcamp first and um, have, you know, kind of some idea of, you know, Amazon, you know, the first, first sale, first kind of send something into Amazon. But pretty soon after that, you'd be ready for the, for the workshop, I think. Alicia just chatted. She just signed up for Kickstart Bootcamp. Very cool. So she'll be in a group with you here soon. That's awesome. Love to see people taking action right on top of the live event here, multitasking, right? Yeah. All right. Roger has a good question here saying uh, he's he's getting started. How much money should he set aside for his first product or products, I would say, uh, looking at replans? Do you want to tackle that one while I do some thinking sure. here? Cool. I'll give it a shot. Roger, good question. A lot of people ask me that question and there is not a specific limit to what you should have um, for to buy inventory. Now you're gonna you're gonna want to have at a minimum a professional seller account with Amazon that's uh, I think about $39 a month and a Keepa account, which is about $20 a month. So those things you want to have as your tools and the, and those will be overhead costs. And then you'll need inventory money. And I've seen people start, I mean, Jim tells a story about his aunt's uh, chiropractor. I think he started with $250. Yeah. $200. Yeah. And uh, never put another penny into it and, it. and it worked out for him. We usually see people have maybe, uh, you know, $1,000, $2,000 to start with, but you don't have to have all that at one time. If you can put in, you know, maybe three or 400 bucks a week, week to get started, that will help. Whatever you have, we can work with. If you, you know, you can get started with whatever you have, even that's a, even if that's a very minimal amount. But what we want you to do in the initially is to kind of spread that out. We like to see you cut it into six or eight weeks worth of inventory so that you can start sending in inventory regularly and filling that pipeline. And it'll take a few weeks before you see any of that money back. So you just need a little bit to start with, cut that into six or eight weeks, 
and you can get going. Even if you started with one or two, uh, one or two ASINs, you can get, you can get started. How was that, Jim? Well, that was excellent. I was actually multitasking with my ears. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting some texts from the team too, but okay. yeah, totally nailed it. I mean, we've been through it. I heard you mention the, the, uh, my aunt's chiropractor, my aunt works in my warehouse and he got started with a couple hundred dollars, never put another penny in. He bought coaching. His business has exploded. He paid off tens of thousands of dollars of student debt. It's a real story. You can hear stories like that on our podcast. We've got hundreds of them at this point, but anytime someone says, how much money do I need to start with? I like to give that very conservative low number. Yeah, a few tools that, that Robin Joy mentioned, a little bit of money for your first inventory. You're putting money in the bank as you learn. That's the beauty of this model. That's why we're so bullish on this model. That's why I love it. We're not asking anyone to go take a big risk and hope it works out someday. We're saying spend a couple hundred bucks on some tools and some inventory and start putting money in the bank and then get excited and scale up, right? Robin Joy has her low, low, high, low risk, low investment, high odds of success. We love it. This is the business model on the internet that has those features. That's why we teach it. We could, I'm a multiple income streams guy. We could be teaching anything. We teach this. Why? Because it's the greatest odds of success with the lowest amount of risk, the lowest learning curve, and the highest odds of you actually building something you can be proud of over time. Awesome. Well, Robin Joy, great to see you. I'm it's uh, great to see you too. Uh, it's, really, it's always a pleasure having you pop in here. I love seeing that. And, and I'm excited for what we've got hopping with you guys. I know we've got some new Keepa content coming as well, besides the workshop nice. that we're putting together, the 100 ASIN. So always new stuff. We just had someone else sign up for Kickstart. Cool. It's only 37 bucks. Roger said he's jumped in and he'll see you soon, Robin. That's really cool. All right. I've got a good question here that says uh, someone's struggling finding their first replan. And I like this question uh, because I can tell by the way new sellers ask questions quite often where they're at. People will say, I can't find any replans or I can't find anything profitable or I can't find a good product. That tells me they're not quite there yet on what makes this system different from pretty much anything else you're going to hear out there. The replans system started in this community. We've kind of perfected it over time, although we're always learning all the time. And one of the most effective ways I've come to explain this is you're not looking for a profitable product. You're not even really looking for necessarily for replans. You're not looking for a, a good ASIN. You're, you're looking for underserved or better stated test-worthy listings on Amazon, test-worthy ASINs. What is that? It's one where I know I've got a reasonable chance of making a profit. And my worst case scenario is I'm going to break even. You're looking for test-worthy ASINs that you can sell against. So don't set about looking for profits. Set about looking for test-worthy ASINs. And that's what we train you in the replans training system inside the Proven Amazon course. So if you're struggling finding your first replan, I would say go listen to podcast episode 554. It's one that's really kind of opened a lot of people's eyes to the possibilities, helped them see Amazon not as a central warehouse where a bunch of price-sensitive shoppers are all shopping and looking for the lowest, best price deal. You see it as 170 plus 200 or so warehouses across the United States where people are saying, I need this two hours from now and I don't care if I have to pay a few extra dollars to have it two hours from now. There's only one in the warehouse near me. I'm I'm buying it and I'm paying $12 more than somebody a thousand miles away might have to pay because Amazon's warehouses are distributed across the United States as is the inventory. So you start throwing fast moving inventory into that dispersed system. It's going to land near someone that wants it fast more often than not. And that's one of multiple strategies. And that's one of the reasons why we say, don't look for profitable products because there's no way for you to know if it's profitable or not until after you've sold it. Find fast-moving ASINs, test-worthy ASINs, 
what your worst case scenario is. You drop your price down to the buy box and have to liquidate it and get your money back. That's your worst case scenario. But you start the price out high, slowly drop it over time. If it doesn't sell, break even as a worst case scenario a month to six weeks from now. It's a beautiful system. If I said it too quickly, you can hear me go through that in depth. Podcast episode 554, really break it down for you. Until you've sent in 10, 15, 20 test items and got a feel for the system, you can turn, you can get pretty frustrated. You need to get out there and try it though. And then you'll start to see how it works. Uh, someone wants me to further explain what I mean by underserved listings. I think I prefer the language of test worthy versus underserved to illustrate the point that I'm trying to make right now. But underserved to me, sometimes they jump right off the page. There's just a few sellers. It's a fast moving item and it's obviously selling for more than what I can easily source it for. That's underserved. I'm going to jump on that one all day, every day. Easy decision to jump on that one. But sometimes, as I illustrated last night, actually, I spent about an hour going through the sales that we made on a Sunday afternoon into Sunday evening. I was just scrolling down and looking at some of the sales we've made. And I was grabbing the Keepa chart off of those sales and posting it in the Facebook group for people to see and examine. And I'm showing, hey, here's what just happened. So these are, it was within about a three or four hour window of time. I looked at some of the sales that had happened in my account and illustrated a lot of the things that were going on that led us to jump on those ASINs. And some of them were truly underserved ASINs. Fast-moving item, not very many sellers were able to source it, sell it at a profit. A lot of the other ones were the buy boxes down here. Say it, one of them is the buy box is $20, let's say. And we're making sales at $32. So the buy box is $20. Customers are seeing, most customers are seeing the opportunity to buy that product for $20, but they're paying us $32 for that product. What are they insane? No. They happen to live near a warehouse where there's only one unit and they wanted it quickly. And it's my unit for $32. They didn't want to wait three or four days for the $20 unit to get to their house. They wanted it now. Or in other instances, I'm the only FBA seller, which means they've got Amazon's guaranteed two-day delivery. All the other sellers are merchant fulfilling from their own garage or selling it from their own warehouse. So I can mark my price way up because a lot of customers will only shop prime. So I could rattle off 50 lessons like that. You don't need to soak them all up to get good at this. You need to learn one or two that gives you confidence. Again, earning while you learn or breaking even while you learn. Because this is a business where for very little investment, you can start kind of learning the ropes and the opportunity starts to just expand in front of you. And again, to remind you, one of the things I said at the beginning of this chat tonight is once you understand the basic of replans, so many new opportunities open up to you to work with wholesalers to help other people get their products on Amazon, to launch your own branded bundles, to get into consulting with other companies that need help. It's just endless once you understand the landscape. So these basic skills are where we start you. And if you want to be encouraged and hear hundreds of success stories, check out our podcast, silentgym.com. So many good episodes. Hey, Business Building Warrior, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm your host, Jim Cockrum. It's just me today on a shorter episode, but I'm excited to get through some content that's been on my mind. I made some notes today. I'm actually recording this in front of a live audience, a bit of a live audience anyway. We're watching on Zoom, hanging out. Everyone's waving at me, the ones with the cameras on, which makes it fun for me to get a little interaction. So if any of you guys are are shocked or saddened or surprised or happy about what I have to say, yeah, give me a little feedback. That's great. But I'm going to kind of be focusing in on my content here for the next couple of minutes. And the topic is why I believe 
right now is arguably one of, if not the best time to get started selling physical products on the internet from home, specifically on Amazon, specifically with the models that we teach around here, which is replens. That's the foundational model, which if you haven't heard me talk about it before, that's basically finding test worthy listings on Amazon and then sending in some a few units of inventory against those test-worthy ASINs at a price that's profitable to you, knowing that your worst-case scenario is you drop the price down to the typical buy box, which is the typical selling price, and get your money back so you're not losing anything. Testing against very low-risk listings or ASINs on Amazon. That's the model. I'm not going to dive into it super deep here. That's what we teach in the Proven Amazon course, and it's also what we teach in hundreds of interview episodes on this podcast where we've talked to students who are doing the business successfully all day, every day, as well as many people in our 74,000 member Facebook group at silentgym.com. There's a free link to that. Jump in there and you'll see other people. We've got about 1,900 success posts from people who are doing that model, having fun with it, succeeding, building beautiful businesses. But why is right now the best time? What are the factors that go into me saying something that bold? Well, there's a lot of factors. Some of them are kind of scary. Does anybody remember being a little nervous during the whole COVID 2020 thing? I certainly was. I was gathering with people on our team and you know, especially family and just what's coming of the world, what's happening. We were all a little frightened, a little thrown off our games, but that's only three years ago. And I think even some of the shock is still with a lot of us. Many of us lost people we love due to whatever circumstances. I lost my dad during that, not to COVID, but to something else. And, you know, he was hospitalized for a few weeks and then he was gone and none of us saw it coming. Just, I think we all have our horror stories from 2020, but when we look at the past three years through a business lens, I think there's some very valuable lessons we can learn. And this brings me to my list today. This is a podcast for business building warriors. We all have our stories. We all have our drama. We all have our hurts. We all have our struggles, family concerns, but we're building businesses too. So I want this show to always be a beacon of hope and encouragement and insight and enlightenment that hopefully gives you a push in the right direction on continuing to build and grow and serve. And as one of my mentors always says, even during times of great turmoil, it's very important that you focus on controlling the things that are under your control and don't focus on worrying about the things that are out of your control, right? Because that'll just sink any of us. So what are those things that are under our control? We can go a little deeper into selling physical products online. During COVID, we saw this amazing spike in activity. So many sellers just did incredibly well. A lot of people made a lot of money in our community doing that. And it was because more people than ever were staying home and shopping online instead of going to retail stores. And the thing you need to, here's a very important statistic. I think this one statistic tells the whole story and it's important for us to grasp this. This is a U.S. government data. You can go Google it, look it up for yourself, confirm. Somewhere between 15 and 17% of all retail economic activity in the United States is online. That means more than 80% of all retail economic activity in the United States right now, as I'm recording this, is in traditional brick and mortar stores. During COVID, we took a huge leap. We went from 11 or 12% up to 15 or 16%. Of retail activity. So it's still, even during COVID, we thought everybody's staying home. Well, no, not everybody. Still over 80%. So the, so the line went up rapidly to the right, and then it dipped down a little bit. We've kind of settled. I 
have every reason to believe it's one of the safest bets you could ever make in business that it will continue to move up and to the right. Anyone who's studying the data would agree people are going to stay home. They're going to shop more. They're going to spend more money online versus going to retail stores. Amazon is slowly backing away from keeping their own shelves stocked. They announced at a recent event, I was in Seattle, 2,500 sellers from around the world gathered, and they announced to great delight for them and for the sellers, a new high mark of how many sellers, how many transactions were by third-party sellers. That's you, that's me versus Amazon. Amazon sells less than 40% of the inventory on their own site now. It used to be way over 50. It was way over 55 for a long time. Now it's down to under 40% and they want to keep that trend continuing. They want to be a platform where other people sell stuff, not where they sell stuff. They're heading in that direction. So Amazon's stepping out of the game slowly. More people are stepping online. Amazon represents over half of all trend. Well, not over half. Sorry, that's an overstatement. Almost half is a better, more accurate to say. Over half, almost half of all transactions online any given day in the United States are on Amazon. Nearly half the action is on Amazon, in other words. If you're looking at all the other options, yeah, there's some good stuff out there. But Amazon is the low-hanging fruit opportunity where more people are spending more money and the future looks incredibly robust in that arena as well. Amazon's ramping up their infrastructure, their ability to deliver products faster, to store them cheaper, all kinds of advantages getting in the game. And that represents advantages all the way from someone who's trying to launch their own brand, which we don't suggest for new sellers. We want you to grow into that slowly. Although I interviewed someone in our community here just a couple of days ago, the podcast episode will probably be out around the time of this one. His product went from being online on Amazon to being in 35,000 retail stores in the United States. Pretty cool story. He credits this community, the stuff he taught here, he considers to, he considers me to be a mentor and, and a good handful of other people in our community. He'll talk more about it on the show. So we're capable of that, but we don't start you there. We start you off reselling, finding those under served or test worthy listings on Amazon. Now, what are my other reasons besides the world is drifting towards buying online more Amazon's drifting away from selling stuff themselves. The other one is inflation. So hang with me here. You've talked to anybody given advice about inflation and it's undeniable that it's happening. We'll have some disagreements over what the extent it's happening and what the real numbers are. And is the, are, is the government data accurate? I'm not here to solve those challenges right now, but it's undeniable. Inflation's happening. And you talk to anybody who's given advice about what you do when inflation's happening. And there's two major things that float to the top. Everybody's giving this advice. This isn't me saying it. This is literally anybody who's an expert on the topic. They're going to say, now's the time to own physical assets. And now's the time to earn more money. They're going to say those two things. Those are the only tools at our disposal. We're not the ones with a finger on the printing press, right? None of us hearing this podcast myself, I don't have any influence over how much money the government's going to print. That's what drives inflation. And that's not under my control. But what is under my control is I can earn more money and I can put my money that's being eaten away by moths if it's sitting in a pile somewhere. I can put it into physical product that's going to become more valuable over time. So the point I make there is if, you, if your money's in physical products, it doesn't really matter what it is. The odds are that over time when inflation's happening, you know how, you know, look at the price of eggs or anything else. I mean, just jump back a year or two and it was ridiculously less expensive. Well, what if you're able to buy and hold for a period of time? and then sell that product, you, you would have made money, right? Just because of inflation. 
So the odds, even if you're not real good at picking products, the odds of the price of that product going up merely because of inflation are kind of in your favor. And we're not jumping out there buying 50,000, 100,000, half million dollar assets. We're buying $10, $20, $50 assets, holding them for a period of time, listing them. Now, yeah, competition comes into play and I'm not saying go buy anything and everything, but I'm just saying the odds are more in your favor during inflation of prices rising than they are at any other time. Perhaps one of my weaker arguments, but still an argument. I'd rather have money sitting in inventory. And I can't tell you the number of times that we've bought something, thought, man, this is a bad seasonal sale. What were we thinking? We hold it for the, a season till it comes around on the calendar again next time. And boom, it's exploded in price, either because it's no longer being made or because of inflation or because of any number of other factors. Am I saying that works 100% of the time? No. Am I saying go buy anything you can get your hands on? I'm not saying that. But I am saying the odds are more in your favor now of prices increasing on hard goods versus certainly better than just keeping your money in a pile somewhere and letting the moths of inflation kind of eat at it. As we all you know, that's the visual I have of inflation money. If it's just sitting in a pile somewhere, it that pile's shrinking. That's what inflation does. It eats your existing capital. The buying power of that capital is being reduced. How about I put it into something where I can make a nice ROI? We have plenty of people in our community who are seeing a nice, consistent 20, 40, 60, 80% ROI, flipping it over five, seven, eight, 10 times a year. You start compounding that. That's how the friend of mine that I talk about all the time, my aunt's chiropractor, he's a great example. He started with $200, bought some inventory, bought a course, bought some uh, tools, some basic tools with just 200 bucks. Started snowballing his money flipping that money over very quickly. And before long, he was paying off tens of thousands of dollars of student debt using the replen system that I'm talking about. Being very wise about what inventory you buy, rolling it over multiple times per year, putting the money back into the business. That's where your money should be. That's how you grow your money right now. You need more income during inflation. You need some places to put your money where it's going to grow, not shrink. I would argue that one of the best places you can put money right now is smart inventory, selling it on Amazon. You don't want to be stupid with it. There's lots of ways to spend money on inventory and lose money. Anyone can do that. We're here to teach you how to find the good stuff. It's a safe bet where your worst case is a break even. So that's three of the things I had to share so far. And another one, it's kind of a little out of the blue, but I was just having a conversation with one of the great coaches on our team today. And it just, it had to be added to the list because we live in a time where there is such incredible disparity of the value of the U S dollar in the United States. It's shrinking kind of fast in other con other countries, other places of the world, Philippines, for example, um, Pakistan, Vietnam. Uh, we were talking about the Burmese people today with, with a coach on our team and how he's meeting and connecting. And he said, this is a specific where he was talking to a Burmese friend who's come to the United States, looking for work, trying to get established here. He was escaping some oppression and some, some crazy circumstances. So you got to understand $3 an hour. If you can get a $3 an hour job where I'm from, $3 will buy you an incredible meal for your whole family. And they've got internet and they speak English and they've got technology skills. What's this under-leveraged asset I'm talking about? We've got many people in our community who are using virtual assistants, people who live in other places around the world where my dollar, my $1 bill that's in my wallet that I might drop on a candy bar is the equivalent of an incredible pay 
for one hours of work, where they would literally change jobs for two or three dollars an hour, let alone three, four, five dollars an hour. You're paying someone three to five dollars an hour. You are changing the trajectory of their family. What if I could give that person meaningful work and help them begin contributing to my business? Wouldn't I want to maximize that lever point where I can spend a few dollars a week or a month? And now I can bless them with as much as I want to give them, obviously. And I don't want someone to think, oh, you're exploiting them. Well, no, because of convert conversion rates, and it, like the Philippines, for example. And if, if you've listened to our podcast before, you've heard me say this many times. But in the Philippines, the average hourly wage is $1 per hour. If you offer someone three to five dollars an hour, you're paying them three to five times minimum wage. Imagine being in the United States earning three to five times minimum wage. Do you think you'd be willing to sit down and work and concentrate and do a good job for the person who hired you? I think so, especially for jobs that could be trained in a few hours if you've got the basic skills already in place. So selling physical products online, building an e-commerce business, and there's any number of ways that you can have VAs leveraged into your business. But specifically this model, we have people who use only virtual assistants to run every aspect of their business. On our team, for example, at any given time, we have two or three virtual assistants in the Philippines helping us find new test-worthy ASINs. You'll meet people in our community. Uh, one of the great leaders in our community who's going to be in more in the spotlight in the coming months, who's, who's doing, we're doing some work with right now, he's got a $3 million replens business run by a handful of virtual assistants and three people in his warehouse. And it's a beautiful system. It's running very smoothly, great margins. That's the kind of opportunity you have. You can start to leverage in, you can create opportunity, create work. So that is my final, and if I brainstormed enough with some people in our team, I'm sure I could come up with several more, but that's my final rationale for why now is a beautiful time to get into selling physical products, specifically on Amazon, because a lot of the business can be turned over to virtual assistants who run the show for you. Now, you don't start there. You're going to have to find them and train them. You're going to have to learn these skills yourself. But the opportunity is there for you to have virtual assistants running, in this case, literally every single aspect of your business. We have people who live all over the world using teams of people who live in other parts of the world, using prep centers in the United States that manage the inventory for you. You don't have to see, touch, and hold your inventory. You don't have to people come to an office. To run this business, they can live anywhere. You don't have to be awake at the same time. That's one of the greatest leveraged tools, one of the greatest under-leveraged tools for e-commerce business building warriors. And selling physical product is definitely not only possible, but it's a beautiful way to put those people to work in your business, giving them meaningful work, helping you grow a beautiful business. So that's my list. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you agree with me, disagree with me, think I'm crazy. I'd love to hear any of your feedback. You can contact me anytime at silentgym.com. Let me know what you think. Maybe you've got some things to add to the list and I'll certainly do another episode like this where we can have a conversation in our Facebook group about that. But I always love presenting the ideas that are floating to the top around here. If you're new to our podcast, I should remind you that about 75, 80% of our episodes are interviews with successful students who are doing the stuff that we teach around here. So be sure to go check out those episodes. If you find me annoying, hey, you don't have to listen to me. Go listen to some of those great success stories. Hear from the people who are doing this all day, every day. We've coached nearly 10,000 people over the past 20 years in e-commerce, which is pretty incredible, especially when you consider that I'm unaware of anyone who's been doing e-commerce coaching half as long as we have. Pretty cool track record. 
We're proud of what we do. I'm proud of the team that we've built. I love the people I get to work with. We'd love to make you our next success story. Thanks for hanging out with me on Silent Sales Machine Radio Podcast. I'll see you next time. I love this question that just popped in here from uh, from Adam. And then I'll get to you, Chris, and have you unmute. I see your hand up, Marcus, and, and Chappie as well after that. I'll get to all three of you guys. But uh, Adam's saying, I'm, at, I'm basically at zero income right now. Thanks for the transparency. Appreciate that. But I'd have created an Amazon seller account. And then he says, if I were to start charging some, some inventory on a credit card, or keep up proving Amazon course, you know, the products he's going to have to buy, that sort of thing. How, how long would it be before I could start to make a profit? Let me tell you this, Adam. No, don't do it. <laughs> do not do it. You need to accumulate some resources. Let me give you a, a couple of really good ways to accumulate some resources without putting any of your own capital at risk. This is one of my favorite suggestions. It's a hustle mode. Everything is a hustle mode, right? You need to be I don't know what your situation is, what your health circumstances are, or what it is that's brought you to this point, but there's a path out of this right now. Thankfully, we live in a gig economy. I mean, you can start driving for Uber. You can start doing some other things, start putting some cash in the bank. I mean, I know people that make 30, 40 bucks an hour delivering groceries, right? Like there's some options here. Another really cool option is just start making it known in your circle of influence, people online, people in your neighborhood, get on one of those neighborhood group kind of app things and just say, hey, I sell stuff online. I'm in a e-commerce community. I know how to turn whatever you got into cash. If you're interested, let me know. Your phone will start ringing. People will start contacting you, messaging you saying, Hey, I got a garage full of stuff. We're going to throw it out, man. If you just come take it or just take pictures of whatever you want and turn it into cash, I'd I'd gladly split that with you. Right? So typically it's a 50, 50 split after expenses, which you're not going to have many expenses. If you list these products on Facebook marketplace. So you could literally next Saturday, for example, have someone's like, yeah, I've got a bunch of stuff in my garage. What do you think? Go down, look at the big stuff, the expensive stuff, take a few pictures of those big expensive items, put them for sale, Facebook marketplace. By the end of the day, your phone's ringing, people are setting up appointments, whatever. You're selling that stuff for cash. You're sharing it with the owner. You didn't have to spend any money and you're starting to put money in your pocket. I want you to have a few thousand dollars after all your other expenses are covered, a few thousand dollars in the bank, a couple thousand, as Robin Joyce said, I tend to agree with her. That's a good starting point because now you're not desperate and you can start chipping away because it is going to take you four weeks, six weeks, maybe eight to 10 weeks to start seeing that money coming back. Even if you're being super cautious and buying great inventory, it's going to take some time for that flywheel to kick in to where you're feeling the benefit of the work that you've done. So you don't want to say, hey, I want to get in and earn money a month from now. No, nope, this isn't that. This is a slow and steady build. You're going to need some resources to do it the right way. So hopefully that's encouraging to you, Adam. Give you a couple ideas there, buddy, and uh, you will dig out of this soon. I'm so glad to have you in the community. Some of my favorite success stories, just maybe to encourage you, one of them is uh, we had a, a homeless mom, kids in tow, on the run from an abusive husband. And she shared this on stage at one of our events. She actually wrote a book about it. Her name's Carolyn. You can go read her book. It's called From Homeless to Homeowner by Carolyn McFall. Completely broke, no resources, living in a woman's shelter. Now she's a homeowner taking care of her kids. I saw her post some stuff today about you know some stuff her kids are going through and she's there for them. Just an incredible story of going from a pretty, pretty desperate situation. She, as her Valentine's Day gift to herself several years ago. She bought the proven Amazon course. Had she come to us and asked, we would have helped her out. But she was in a desperate situation. She put the money in because she wanted to take it serious. She didn't want to ask for a handout. She bought it. She took it seriously and built a beautiful business. And she bought a home and she wrote a book about it. So it doesn't matter where you're at. 
if you surround yourself with the right people and the right ideas and you have the determined spirit, and in her case, with God's help, she would say she got to where she is now and used selling on Amazon as the platform to do that. Hey, Jim, thanks for the time. I appreciate it. You know, kind of touching on what you just said, I, uh, I I started exploring this in March, lost my job, some zero income as well, but kind of said, let's let's get into this. And I utilized, I've been utilizing eBay to fund my Amazon. And I spent all summer hitting garage sales, finding deals, finding specials, uh, tracks, whatever it is. And I've still got a, a basement full of inventory that I'm still selling on eBay. But all eBay sellers do, man. They got yeah, a pile. Yeah. The I've been pile. doing that. I've been doing eBay for 22 years, so I kind of versed on it. Uh, but at this point, I think I got my first sale on October 1st. And I've now, I just sent in 157 pounds of stuff today. So nice. I've got 42 ASINs on um, out there right now, which is good. So, and and wow. I got, I finally got into grocery. Good. So I'm, uh, I'm in grocery and I'm, I'm all in. Uh, but the good news is it's, you know, it's starting to come back. I'm, yeah. I've gotten two payments back from, uh, from Amazon already. So fantastic. So as a seasoned eBay seller, what are you starting to observe and notice about this model? You know, it, it's similar, obviously. Well, the, the difference for me is the replans. I mean, I think it's a great model because it's finding those that baseline of products that I can always be consistently selling, you know, every month. And and obviously, I've only been doing this 23 days with sale, sales, but, and I'm testing. So sure. I, I've got, you know, every one of those products is only three to five um, of each uh, ASIN, yep. but- Smart. I kind of know now which ones are going to resell just because I've, I've, I've reloaded once or twice with those tests. So that'll happen over time, but it's just a matter of getting that baseline. And then the similar thing with eBay is now I'll go out and find those gems that, you know, you could make the the hundred percent ROI on and, and really kind of hunting those. But I, I did have a question. Let's hit it. I also want to get into a little FBM because of the fact yeah. that I sent my package in today. It's probably not going to hit until maybe right before Thanksgiving right. um, and get placed. Yeah. So would you recommend utilizing the same products that I'm on FBA as on FBM and then kind of put a couple out there as well? No reason not to, especially in the fourth quarter. And you said it's going to be close to Thanksgiving. Yeah, we're, here we are coming down the tail end of October. And it, it could start taking this time of the year an extra week or two. Amazon to receive and check in and then, you know, make available for sale the inventory that you're sending them. So we'll see a lot of people have experiences like this. They'll uh, actually build a tip into my answer here. So I learned this from Greg Webb here just a couple of weeks ago. He's going to look at all the hottest selling toys on Amazon, set up a Keepa alert to let him know if Amazon goes out of stock on any of them. And then he's going to run to whatever store he can get to. <laughs> And buy as many as he can of that toy because the price is going to skyrocket up once Amazon sells through their inventory for Christmas season. You can sell those items while you're waiting in line at the retail store. You can list them and they will sell. There's stuff that flies that fast. Merchant fulfill. That means you're doing the shipping just like you did with eBay. Yes, you want to do merchant fulfill to the greatest extent that you can during the fourth quarter because you will see a lot of inventory get stuck in the clogged system of trying to make its way to Amazon while more people are shopping online than any other time of the year. That stuff just kind of sits and it waits to get checked in. So you can have a huge advantage. Another tip I'll give you, Merchant Fulfill, that illustrates the point I'm making is there's someone in our community right now 
who last I checked hundreds of thousands of dollars per month of merchant fulfill on common grocery items and other items that go on national sales, such as, you know, Kroger. A lot of times they'll have the same sale across the whole country or Target or regional, you know, big regions at a time will have sales, right? So any store that's nationwide and has big sales, he'll go in and instead of being enamored with that product and the ASINs associated with that product for uh, a possible replin, where he's like, okay, well, I can buy this for $2 and it's selling for 14. Yeah, I'm going to buy a bunch of these and send them into Amazon because it's on sale and I'm going to make a bunch of money six, eight weeks from now. No, he doesn't do that. And you're not smart to do that regardless because everyone sees the sales at the same time if it's national sale. What he does is he grabs them and merchant fulfills them same day. Clears the shelf, merchant fulfill them, put them up for sale. He's very competitively priced because he's selling it the day it went on sale. He's selling it on Amazon the day the national sale started. And within 48, 36, 72 hours, he's sold out of that inventory. Now here comes all the Amazon sellers who are subscribed to the buy lists you know, two, three, four weeks later with their glut of inventory thinking, Every time I buy something, there's 50 other sellers who send it in at the same time I do. Well, it's because you're buying national sales and you're seeing it in just like everyone else does. Don't do that. right? So that's where the merchant fulfill advantage kicks in. He can ship it to his customer the day he gets a hold of it, merchant fulfill. So that's just a couple tips, a couple illustrations. Yes, especially around fourth quarter when Amazon slows down. You're very smart on some of your fast movers, especially to price it profitably for you and merchant fulfill, ship it yourself. And you will run into a hand, you could just with a handful of ASINs, two, three ASINs that are just on fire, clear every shelf. This is the time of year where people will say, man, I think I'm going to drive to every Walmart in a three-state area and hit like 200 Walmarts and clear out every unit of X. And as I'm checking out, I'm going to put it on (laughs) up for sale, merchant fulfill and ship it from the hotel room and just take a tour of, you know, my area for the first two weeks of December or whatever, right? Like those kind of opportunities are there. Now, I'm not saying you have to do that to make money. I'm just saying this: there's a unique spike of opportunity for merchant fulfill sellers this time of year. So hopefully that helps you out. Does that Yeah, definitely. Sense? I appreciate that. Cool. Very good. Very cool. Thank you for offering this up to everybody. Yeah, Chris. And good job, Warrior. Man, hey, if, uh, if, if things start taking off for you and you can make it to Orlando, May of 2024, would you hit me up and say, hey, Jim, you offered me a couple free tickets to the event. I'd love to have you there, man. As someone, you've got a story it. to tell at this point. No, eBay seller, it. making your transition, trying to do both. You're picking up momentum. I'd love to see you there. It'd be a real boost for you. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Good to meet you, man. Thanks, Jim. I actually have a couple questions. Let's do it. I'll make, them, I'll make them really quick. So I know you were running out of time. I try to do um, quick answers, but that's man, I'm not good at it. <laughs> I'm I'm going through your proven Amazon course right now. So awesome. the first question is, um, and maybe I haven't gotten far enough into the courses yet. And if I haven't, that's fine. Just say it's in this course and I'll go look it up. I don't want to waste anybody's no, time. I'll help you out. But, but it seems like one of the hurdles I have from just going to Walmart and start sourcing stuff, local Walmart is some printing mechanism to print barcodes and labels. Is there a way around that or do I just need to buy a Dymo label printer? Yeah, you're going to need to buy a printer. It's been a long time since I went that stage of uh, 
this process. So I'm, I'm not the best. Actually, I haven't prepped and printed a label in quite some time. I got my team, I got my son and my mom and my aunt and a couple of good friends who go to church with us. They run our warehouse. They do all that all day, every day. But yeah, you're going to need a printer to print your labels. You have to, it's part of it. And as you okay. go through, as you go through, you're going to see, and if you just get into our Facebook group and just do a keyword search on the word printer, you're going to see the latest conversations, what people are using, how they set it up. And that's also one of the things we cover in the Kickstart program too. And Amazon, actually, Amazon University for new sellers. Excuse me, their content's really good too on all of this. So which brings me to my ne- which brings me to my next question yeah. for the Kickstart program. How far do I need to be through the pack courses to benefit from the Kickstart program? Because well, I'm just starting out. I'm through the yeah. I'm three quarters of the way through the Amazon Basics right now. Yeah, the Amazon 101 type of you know anywhere before you've sold a handful of units is a good time to jump into Kickstarter. Okay. If you've already sold a few units, you're still going to learn some good stuff, but you've already been through most of those little uh, molehills that feel like mountains. You've already been through most of those. You know, okay. Like the printer question or even getting registered. And like some people get freaked out. It's like, oh no, Amazon suspended me and they want to meet with me. What's that about? Well, they just want to see you hold up your driver's license next to your face and verify that it's really you before they Give you yeah, something. I've done all that. I've done all right. that. So some people get freaked out about that, right? There's like little, there's 25 little boxes you got to check and, and we get you through all of that. Uh, so for 37 bucks and you get a group of people kind of like we see the zoom right now and you go through this process together, you meet a few people, you got a few friends, the camaraderie kicks in, the synergy kicks in. Uh, so there's a lot of benefits to it. Silentgym.com slash kickstart has details. Okay. So, yeah. There's really no you know, if, if someone's already putting, you know, a thousand bucks a month in the bank from the systems, they're not going to learn a whole lot from Kickstart. But if you're right, still right. struggling to get your first few products listed or find your first few ASINs, yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Just I'm I'm going to go to Walmart tonight and do some scanning and what I'm gated yeah. for. I'm a brand new seller, just mm-hmm. set everything up, sure. you know, and I don't have capital to outlay. So I have to do it every time I get paid, I put another three or 400 bucks towards it. Sure. That's man. Plenty of people start that way rather than scanning barcodes. It will encourage you take some pictures of store shelves, try to see how many ounces or how, what the size is, what the price tag is. So you can go home and you can research and do keyword researches of what you're looking uh-huh. at there and find opportunities that way. Cause if you're just scanning barcodes, you're missing out on about 95% of the opportunity for any given product. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing that. Okay. Yeah. The next, my next question is you reference podcast 554 quite a bit. Is this one on mm-hmm. YouTube? It's on YouTube and it is uh, on uh, iTunes or any podcast listening app, silentgym.com episode 554. That's where I talk about the ignore the buy box strategy. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I can just search silent gym 554 on YouTube and find it, or is it under another uh, name? I don't know that we put the numbers on YouTube. Good question. I apologize. I, I wish I could help you. But what I can tell you, if you go to silentgym.com slash podcast and you look up 554, there'll be a link to the YouTube there. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. Yes. Okay. My last and final question, and I'm not looking for an exact price. Sure. I'm just looking for budgetary purposes. Yeah. I am interested in getting some coaching, but I right. have not found anything where that price range is. Yeah. For some reason, we don't publish that online. We've gone around and around. I have no problem putting it out there, publish it and talking about it. $6,800 is the, what we charge for coaching right now, which includes a whole list of stuff I'm not going to go into, including you get okay. my personal cell phone and you can jump on my calendar if you need to anytime. I love serving okay. our coaching students, uh, but it is an incredible investment with the bonus of you're building a relationship with one of the higher performing leaders on our team. 
that's oh, absolutely. cherry on top, right? So absolutely. Yeah. But that gives me a price, something to budget for, something to shoot yep. for. Absolutely. And it's not for everyone. We turn down as many people as we accept any given day. But if you want to jump on our calendar and have a consultation with someone on our team about if it's a good fit or just about where your business is going, where you are now, where you want to get to, what the best way to do that is, silentgym.com slash book a call. Book That's a call. Calendar. Okay. Book a call. Yeah. And jump on there and just have a half hour, 45 minute chat with someone on the team that can help you think this through. We've coached 10,000 people at this point. We're, we're getting pretty good at it, man. We dial it in. I'm proud of the results we're getting for our community. No, that's okay. That's, that's all my questions. Beautiful. It's great to see you again, Chappie. Thanks for hanging out with us, man. I threw this one in the chat, so I'm going to follow up on it for um, like an OARA perspective. Um, utilizing the cashback apps like Rakuten or mm. Top Flight Cash. Yep. And um, the potential of buying the discount gift cards. Yes. The car, yeah. So you'd save anywhere from what, two to 12% sometimes. Yeah. Do you factor that in when looking at your core profitability or do you just uh, take that as gravy on top, but run the numbers based on um, the, the presented price could be for sale items or could be replan could go either way. Are you asking what I do or what we suggest or to help uh, me understand? Because you can do it. You can do it any way you want. You know, from, from my perspective, right. it's, I've just lowered the price of the product. So I've got a lower buy cost for this particular unit but that wouldn't be applicable on a replan that would be more of an oa strategy or because a replan that's not a that's not a predictable price all the time can i go back and get it again for the same price well i'm assuming that whatever gift cards i'm getting i can go back and get more of typically that's that's not that unusual we've actually got someone in our community who's really good at gift cards uh pretty sure the link is silentgym.com slash gift cards he's got a book about using gift cards you can go grab that book and read through how to use them, how to leverage them. And there's people in our community, for example, with Nike, they buy the 7% off, you know, so like they can get a hundred dollar Nike gift cards from him for $93 over and over and over and over all day, every day, anytime they want and whatever denomination, how much ever they want. Right. And he's, he's, there's legitimate for some people think, wow, that doesn't sound legal. Yeah, it's totally legal. People all the time will sell their gift cards for less than face value just to get the cash. And there's a market flipping those. So resellers who are using them at high levels. Uh, so for, for me, for example, your, your question is, well, is that really a replan? Uh, a, a good replan isn't so much about saving that dollar or two or getting the best lower price that I possibly can. Those are good advantages to have, but you don't have to chase all the possible discounts to find good replans. I find good replans and then chase whatever discount that I can and add those okay. in. Right to to what however wide I can make that margin, it's good. Whether my price goes up or my cost goes down, I'm gonna do how much ever I can. But I start off looking for fast moving replan type ASINs and moving fast that I know I can go in and test at a high price. And once I get that first sale or two, and I'm like, okay, there's something here. This is moving fast enough. There's enough people willing to pay above buy box. This is nice. Then I start researching. Is there any way I can get this a little cheaper? I might at the point where I'm buying more than three to five at a time, I start maybe researching that. But I, I can tell you the people who do this at scale, to my knowledge, aren't spending a whole lot of time 
chasing nickel and dime discounts for onesie twosie purchases. It just, it eats up too much of your time. There's too much opportunity out there to spend time doing that. Once you're in a niche and you're really going after it and you're buying hundreds of units a month or whatever it is that you're doing, and there's a gift card you can get, like Nike is a good example. Now it makes sense. You know, there's some extra margin there, but don't spend your wheels looking for discounts initially. Um, that's kind of the old uh, hamster wheel mindset of looking for cheap stuff that I can flip for higher price. That's a hamster wheel. Good okay. replans. I illustrated several of these yesterday on our Facebook group. It's stuff I could I paid full retail price for, and it's moving fast enough on Amazon, and enough warehouses are selling out of it that I throw one out there, and someone snags it up within two to four or five weeks at a price way above what I just paid. And I didn't need to go discount hunting to get that. Right. Uh, one more quick question. In terms of the growth of Amazon, is there any information on, is the growth split evenly or have weighted one way or the other between FBA and FBM? I'm curious which one's growing faster if, if there is oh, a separation. Good question. You know, you'd have to do some research on that. My instinct is that during the fourth quarter or during times of any kind of high turmoil, like during COVID, we saw a lot of this. You know, if there's any craziness in the world, we'll see more of this where Merchant Fulfill gets a lot of attention because Amazon just can't handle the load, either because more people are staying home and worried about getting sick or because a lot more people are shopping and they, you know, there's just a lot more inventory being shoved through that little pipe. You know, whatever the factor is, it, when those things happen, FBM explodes. But in general, all things being equal, FBA is better than Merchant Fulfill for most scenarios, simply because Amazon really likes sending customers inventory from their own warehouse, because they can say it will be here on time at this date from a warehouse near you, right? So it's very efficient. FBA is so efficient. Merchant Fulfill is a little less efficient. Uh, you know, they know their inventory is coming from someone's garage. And sometimes you got to ship stuff from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast, right? Because it was the only unit that, that the customer could find. It's just inefficient. So Amazon likes to encourage FBA. They're putting resources into FBA. I think in a perfect world, FBM would be slowly shrinking for, from Amazon's vantage point and FBA would be growing. But out of necessity, and again, we saw it during COVID, man, that the resellers in this community and others we saved the day shipping stuff from our garage that we'd pulled off the shelves at stores, you know, like in demand, high important stuff was coming out of garages. <laughs> Amazon couldn't handle it. Half their staff wasn't coming into work. Their warehouses were running at, you know, at a quarter of the speed there typically. And all this stuff was suddenly, you know, high value had to have it. Um, and even like puzzles, people just going toy stores, clearing off the puzzle shelf, bringing it home and sending people something to do while they were sheltering in place, right? Like there was just, it was crazy. And, F and Amazon just slowed to a grind as far as fulfillment goes. Um, so yeah, that's just, you know, I, don't, I can't predict the future, but I, FBA is getting more robust all the time. They're putting a lot of resources. Amazon makes a lot of money and they're pouring it back into logistics, which is well, FBA. Yeah, if they, if they're making their money on the logistics, or as I think I heard you say the other day, they're they're moving to a logistics company versus a product company. They, they absolutely control, are. Yeah, and if they can FedEx control and that delivery, yes, to, yeah, to FedEx control and UPS their reputation. Are nervous. Yeah, toy manufacturers are not nervous about Amazon. FedEx and UPS. <laughs> right. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I'm here. I had to turn the camera off. I'm driving to get my kids, but um, be safe. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Uh, love the community. Love all everything you guys do. And uh, 
One thing I wanted to say real quick, if Chris is still here, another thing regarding Merchant Fulfill that I do with the products is uh, in the uh, Keepa extension on Chrome, Buy Box Statistics, you can see if the Buy Box seller is FBA or not. And a lot of, it's a check mark. So with some of these products I look for that I sell Merchant Fulfilled, I see the Buy Box Statistics. And if there's 10 sellers, and let's say uh, five of them don't have that check mark and they're getting the buy box. That means five of the 10 people getting the buy box are merchant fulfilled. So you likely have a good shot at having action merchant fulfilling it as well. And yeah, I found that I, I found that to be true. It's a good indicator. Uh, it's a very good indicator when you see that in the buy box, but also I tend to ignore that quite often because it's it's not a perfect indicator. It's something you have to remember about the buy box. And I have some other very well-informed, very influential leaders in the space who kind of disagree with me on this, just for full disclosure. But man, I would die on this hill. I'm pretty sure I'm right that the buy box varies greatly region to region. And you've got to keep in mind, Keepa is not a perfect tool. Keepa isn't pulling Amazon data from Amazon's main database. They're scraping what they see. Yeah. And so a lot of times they'll be scraping, let's say they're scraping what the buy box looks like in Chicago. That has nothing to do with what the buy box looks like in Los Angeles. The buy box is completely different there. So all the statistics and all this, you know, the most valuable thing for me is the drops. That Keepa is spot on, highly useful information. They, hey, this seller, like, I'll give you an example. This is one I, I did last night in our Facebook group. This is a, a graph that I dropped in there. Sunday night, uh, October 22nd, if anybody wants to go back and look, I dropped four or five different examples. And one of them was, uh, I actually went in and looked at the data to see how much the buy box was being passed around. According to them, I had the buy box 1% of the time, which should have represented a sale every couple months. But I'm selling that thing one or two or three a week, right? I'm selling it four or five times more easily than what the data says I should be based on the buy box rotation. So I don't put a lot of weight on buy box rotation. And just because there's no merchant fulfilled sellers there doesn't mean, well, they never get the buy box. They never get any sales. No, the buy box does not determine everything. And that's where the reasons I try to get this, to focus off the buy box, off the buy box rotation. I try to get down to, Test worthy ASINs. If it's selling fast, send in a couple units, test it out. You may never show up on Keepa. You may never show up in the buy box. There may not be any data rotation tracked in Keepa that shows where, hey, you win the buy box a certain percentage of the time, but you're making sales and they're profitable sales. Right. Keepa's not a. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Does that help? Yeah, absolutely. That, that cool. makes sense for sure. But I guess, yeah, and, and my question, I kind of posted this in the, um, the, um, silent in the uh, facebook, facebook group. group yeah sure yeah it's i guess it's kind of about the account level reserve and uh, i kind of mentioned like i have 1300 in sales last 30 days been like sending stuff in and the amount i'm getting back isn't uh you know and i, I use seller amp my margins are good and everything i sell it, it does sell when it gets to the warehouse and I'm just like, oh, the return is not what I thought. And then, but I, I'm looking at payments. I go to the, uh, you know, uh, seller central looking at it 
and I'm seeing, okay, Amazon charges versus how much I sold it. I guess it's the account level reserve. And, and you kind of already answered it saying it's it's kind of like an eight to 10 week process of maybe that money coming back, back to me. It, mm-hmm. it probably has to guarantee that it's not being, the item I sold is not going to be returned before yes. it probably comes to me, I imagine, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. It, during the first few months, Amazon doesn't know, like, or trust you yet. And they're going to hold a nice chunk of reserve. And it kind of fluctuates seller to seller based on the type of products you're selling and that sort of thing. But it's not going to smooth out for, for a good while. This yeah. isn't a, you know, this isn't like uh, you know, selling something on a Facebook marketplace. Hey, I got all my money right now today. No, it, it's a, this is a slow burning machine. But then once it kicks in, it's just a rolling machine and you're getting nice payouts. You're getting everything that Amazon owes you. But it's always okay. a little bit, it's a little bit behind because they are holding, like I said, they do like to hold a reserve, uh, especially on new sellers. Yeah. Cause I'm like looking at my, you know, the, the items I sell, everything, the numbers all check out. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not discouraging. I just, uh, I got the answer that I, I thought and that it, it 100% makes sense to me. You know, I'm, I'm positioned all right for the fourth quarter still. So I just, but I wanted to make, get clarity on that so that I didn't, go crazy like capital wise you know what i mean yeah. like, renee's piping in saying after three months of steady sales amazon dramatically decreased his uh, account reserves yeah it, it'll kick in good okay, a cool. lot of good things happen about three months in about 50 to 100 sales made uh, about 50 asins or so of good replens that you're testing a lot of good things happening but the climb to that point has some pain points that's, you know, that's one of the reasons we love a kickstart is just, you can do it with other people because there's some of the biggest challenges you're going to face are in those first three to four months. So it's like, oh, I didn't see this coming. Right. But then once you get over that hump, you're, you're, you're as close to a seasoned pro as, as a lot of people ever get because they kind of throw in the towel before that point. <laughs> but you can get over that hump, man, you're going to really uh, see the benefits of having. Pers- yeah. I, I- I tell myself that, you know, if I, it's kind of like Robin was saying, I put in about 15 hours, maybe a little more. I, like I'm a construction worker. I got three boys, but I spend my evenings after I put them to bed, like sourcing. You. Yeah. You know, and I like it. I, I had done this a while ago, but uh, the Amazon thing and a year ago and just quit. And then I seen a friend of mine that kept doing it in Kickstart and he is at 50 K. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's putting his little, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like why did you know? So I just at the last couple months I just got back at it, kind of switched yeah. gears as far Let's as my there. inventory ungating yet. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.